Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Ignite Depot. My name's Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, a.k.a. We Are ID3. Someone asked the question, what does We Are ID3? What is ID3? ID3 is talking about what the mission is. We, we want to discover, we want to disciple, and we want to dispatch. So we want to discover, we want to disciple, we want to dispatch. And the thing about it is, is, is if you don't understand what it is that you're, you're called to do, you will end up spending your time doing a whole lot of things and getting very little results. So our goal is, is, is always to discover, always to be discipling. And so we can dispatch people out to go forth and take the word of God, north, south, east, and west, and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God all over the world in the name of Jesus. Again, my name is Apostle Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. We want to thank you for taking time out to join us tonight. Man, we're going to jump right into the word because, man, we got a good word for you tonight in Jesus' name. Now, turn with me over to Isaiah 61 and 1, and that's where we're going to make our declaration in the name of Jesus. It says this, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ash, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, to you alone we give the glory, the honor and praise that is due your name. This is the day which you've made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Holy Spirit, move up and down the airways, move across each and every aisle, touch each and every person, sit down to the sound of our voice right now in the name of Jesus. Let they hear the voice of the Lord. Let they hear a word of God let them receive healing, holiness, deliverance, sanctification, and redemption right now. And as a result of this word going forward, I declare that burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed as a result of this word. And Father, I covenant with you in advance for miracle signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. It's in your son Christ Jesus name we pray. Let us all say a man or so bid. Again, my name is Mill Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. And we want to thank you for taking time out to join us tonight. I know that you're in for a treat in the name of Jesus. Now, if you didn't join us last week, man, you want to go back and listen or watch last week's message talking about, Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. Because we're going to pick right back up with that you know, this is Lord, teach me how to pray, part two. Lord, teach me how to pray, part two. And you know what's interesting? I was studying this weekend, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, well, where do you come up with these titles? That Well, you know, the thing about it is the way I come up with the title, well, I really don't come up with the title. I asked the Father, 
What do you, what's the title of this message? What do you want me to call? Because some people need a title because it'll help them kind of understand the direction is going. And he says, I'm going to show you where that title came from. And I was like, okay, where did that title come from? He says, turn over with me, if you will not I welcome you to turn over with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 11, verse number one. And it says this, it says, in one day, as Jesus was in prayer, and one of his disciples came over to him as he finished and said, would you teach us a model prayer that we can pray just as John did his disciples? So Jesus' disciples, uh, 12 disciples came over to him and said, Jesus, we, will you teach us a model of prayer that we, you know, that we may pray just like John taught his disciples. Now, a lot of people, what they call the Lord's Prayer, when it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the vows is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And many people for many, many years call that the Lord's Prayer. But that's not the Lord's Prayer. You know what that is? That's a model of prayer. That's a prayer model. What's a prayer model? A prayer a model is, is teaching you how to pray. And man, in, in this series, there's a, there's a section in when we're going to get into that, when we're talking about the Lord's, the model that the Lord taught his disciples. So if you notice, I was reading out of the Passion Translation, it said is, Lord, would you teach us a model prayer? that we can pray just as John did for him. Who's John? John, the, the disciple John, who was Jesus' brother. He said, teach us a model that we may pray. So that's where the title of Lord, teach me how to pray comes from. Now, if you was with us last week, we was talking about God when he gave me this message. He said, Milton, I want you to teach my people how to pray. And he says, the reason why I want you to teach my people how to pray, he says, because in accordance to Hosea chapter four and verse number six, he says, my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. I'm reading out a new King James version. He said, they're being destroyed for their lack of knowledge because you, talking about the priesthoods, had rejected knowledge. He says, I also will reject you from being priests. So Jesus, the father is saying through the prophet Hosea, my people are being destroyed because of their lack of knowledge. Now, and if you look up that word destroyed in the Hebrew, it talks about that word definition. Destroyed means they're being silenced. They're failing. They're perishing. They're being cut off. They're literally being destroyed. Why? Because of their lack of knowledge. See, 2023, God gave us this word at the beginning of the year. 2023 will be a year of the blessing of the Lord, which makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, we're talking about, you know, that's in accordance to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord, talking about the prosperity of the Lord. And when we talked about prosperity is not, you know, it includes money, but it's not just limited to money. But he said, it's going to be the prosperity of the Lord that's going to cause you to become rich. Rich. Now that word rich is not just talking about is not talking simply about finances. That word rich could be talking about 
knowledge. That word rich can be talking about, about wholeness in your family, healing in your body, healing in your relationships, uh, increase on your job. That word rich is talking about where you're going to be accumulating the blessing, the prosperity of the Lord that will be upon you, will cause you to be able to accumulate, will cause you to be able to gather together. Why? And he says, I'm going to cause the blessing to come upon your life. And when the blessing is upon you, it's going to cause you to be able to increase. It's going to cause you to be again to prosper. And he says, and I'm, I'm not going to add any toiling. That word toiling means, that word sorrow means toiling. Toiling means vigorous labor is not even going to be the cause of it. He says, I'm going to cause you to become prosperous. I'm going to cause you to become uh, prosperous, to increase, to always be producing to the point that you're, you're well, I'm going to have bless you. He says, because I'm going to bless you because I want you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. That's what he says in Genesis chapter 12, when he says, Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And the whole thing about the blessing of the Lord in this year, he says, I'm going to cause you to prosper. I'm going to cause you to accumulate. I'm going to cause you to gather together so that you will be a blessing to someone else. And we found out last week that the only way you're going to find out how to go about being a blessing and how you how to be able to increase, because when the blessing comes upon you, the blessing enables you to, to, uh, 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 be able to accomplish what it is that God has called you to. It equips you. It empowers you. So the blessing enables you. It, it empowers you. And it equips you to carry out whatever task it is that God has for your life. We found out in Genesis chapter 26, how when Isaac was in the midst of a famine, God told him to sow into that land. And when he got, when Isaac obeyed God and sowed into that land, but how did Isaac realize he needed to sow into the land? How did he know what land he was supposed to stay in? He found out how to, how to sow and where to sow and what to do in the midst of a famine because he prayed and inquired of the Lord. And see, that's the same thing with you. That word famine means a shortage. So, you know, when there was a shortage in the land, Isaac inquired of the Lord and according to Genesis chapter 26. And when he inquired of the Lord, because Isaac was going to do just like his father did, he was going to leave and go down to Egypt. But God told him, no, Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Stay right where you are. He says, and I want you to sow into that land. And when Isaac obeyed the word of the Lord that he heard when he prayed, then what happened was he was he received in the same year a hundredfold return. Even even the, even though the situation and circumstances said he shouldn't have been able to receive anything, the principle of God of seed time and harvest, in accordance to Genesis chapter eight twenty two, never ceased. And when he sold and obeyed the Lord because of what he heard in prayer then God was in a position to be able to, to uh, cause him to receive a harvest. But not only did he receive a harvest, but it also says, and the Lord blessed him. And when the Lord blessed him, what the same word means, he equipped him, he enabled him, and he empowered him. And then it says, and then Isaac 
began to prosper. And when he began to prosper, he began to prosper day by day until he became very prosperous. And that's the same thing. And that's the same word that the Lord gave me to give to you. He says, when you, when the blessing of the Lord is upon you, he says, it's going to cause you to prosper. And he says, and, and it, the more you are obedient to what it is I tell you to do, the more you, you carry out whatever you hear me say to you in prayer, he says, I'm going to cause you to prosper day by day until you become very prosperous. And he says, but the reason why my people are not seeing this in their life, he says, because they're being destroyed. They're being, he says, they're being cut off. He says, they're failing, they're perishing, and they're being cut down. He says, because of their lack of knowledge. Now, knowledge, what do you mean knowledge? What, what, what exactly does that mean? Knowledge is talking about, is talking about a, they have a clear and certain perception of that which exists. Knowledge is a clear and certain perception of that which exists. It's talking about truth. It's talking about facts. It's talking about learning. It's talking about an illumination of your mind. So many people are walking around here. I got my truth. Well, if your truth does not equal his truth, then you still, then you got the wrong kind of truth. Because the thing about it is the word of God never fails. It says, you know, Jesus prayed in, in, in John 17. He says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. And, and to sum that up, if you want to say, my people, I destroy for their lack of knowledge, I'm going to share this word with you. God's people are being destroyed because of ignorance. Now, I didn't call you ignorant. I said, because of ignorance. What is ignorance in its, in its simplest form? It's an absence uh, or destitution of knowledge. It's simply, when you, somebody says you, you're in, you're, you have ignorance or concern in that matter, it simply means you are absent or destitute of knowledge concerning that particular topic. To that particular topic. Guess what the awesome thing about that is? If you go about and get, go about getting information and getting knowledge and getting understanding, guess what you no longer are? You will not have ignorance in that area. God says my people are destroyed, being destroyed because of their ignorance, because of their lack of knowledge, because of their destitution. He says to the point where he says they have a, they're in a negative state of mind that has not been instructed. They have not been instructed on certain things. And one of the biggest areas I can tell you as a as not only just as a as an apostle or a pastor, but I can tell you just as a brother in the body of Christ, there are so many people who who have no very little to no instruction or understanding about what prayer is all about. They think it's just a just a ritual. Something like that. Or they be like, Lord, my my name is Jimmy. Lord, give me. Or, you know, God bless my forward no more. Amen. And or they think, yes, you know, let now not lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul, soul to te te uh, keep. No, 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 no. That that those are things that people have come up with. But the simplest definition of prayer is this communion, our fellowship, our conversation with God. Communion, fellowship, a, a time 
with God. It just means you're spending time with God. It's just kind of like, you know, if, if you were sitting there with one of your loved ones and you're sitting there with one of your loved ones, say, what are you doing? You're communing. You're conversating with one of them. You're talking. They're talking. And then you're talking. Can I give you a word right now? Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. What's the difference? A monologue means you doing all the talking. A dialogue is when you talk and then, and then, but you're talking and then you're listening and somebody else is talking. See, if you're doing all the talking, you're not praying. You just talking. You ever been in a, you ever talked to somebody and they talk so long and they talk so much that you was, you, and it felt like, you know, like you was having broken communication because they was they didn't take a breath long enough for you to say what it is you say. You ever been one of those kind of people who you not listening for uh, that to understand what that person is saying? You're just listening for that person to shut up so you can start talking. <laughs> don't don't lift your hands. I know we all been there at some point in time, but that's not how prayer is. God longs to communicate with you. God longs to fellowship with you. God wants to hear your voice. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to get to know him. See, many people says in Psalms 103 how the children of Israel saw God's acts, but Moses understood God's ways. And I'm here to tell you, God says he wants you to know his ways. In fact, one of our mandates is to teach people who God is and what his desire is for their life. What he told me, he said, Milton, teach my people. He says this. He told me to tell you this. He says, he says, I've given you pastors. And according to Jeremiah 3 and 15, I've given you pastors after my own heart. I've given you shepherds according to my own heart who will do what? Who will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Why are, are pastors supposed to feed you with knowledge and understanding? So you're not like those people who was just talking about in Hebrews chapter 4, as you were Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, who were being destroyed, who were being cut down, who are perishing because of their lack of knowledge. And I and sadly to say, there's a lot of places that will give you three points in a poem. They will give you a, 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 a uh, you know, motivational speed, go team, go. But you'll walk out of there. You won't no more, no more anything after you left than you knew before you got there. And let it not once be said that that happened at Ignite Depot. We're always going to give you the word, no matter what. Now, if I was to ask you, what is the most important thing that God could give you right now? What would you say? If I was to ask you, if God says, guess what, Tammy, guess what, Bobby, guess what, Billy, guess what, Queen, guess what, Ray Ray, guess what, Pookie, I'm going to give you a blank check. And whatever you write on that check, you can have. What do you think the most important thing would be? Now, I'm going to give you a hint. I've already gave you the answer. You ready? Here we go. What would be the most important thing? Well, according to Proverbs chapter four, verse number seven, and I'm reading here out of the Amplified Version, it says this. It says the beginning of wisdom is, is wis, get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. What does that word principal mean? That word principal means first place. It says, and with all of your getting, get 
understanding, discernment, our comprehension and interpretation. What is it? What's another way to say that? Wisdom is the is the is the is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing. Wisdom is the most beneficial thing. Wisdom is the is the is first place, chief, highest above all things that you need to get. And with all of the wisdom that you get, get comprehension, discernment, and interpretation. Why do you say that wisdom is the most important thing? Well, I didn't say it. That's what the word uh, of God said. That's what Solomon says. Why is wisdom the most important thing? Because you can lose all your money, but if you have godly wisdom, you will know how to get it back. You can, you can be sick in your body, but if you have godly wisdom, he will tell you, oh, that word will show you how to be, receive your healing. You can have a, 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 a house full of people and not be a family, but if you get godly wisdom, he will show you how to turn your, take, take that house and turn it into a home, how to take, you know, your, 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 uh, your, well, your riches and turn it into something that can be a blessing to somebody else. See, a house doesn't make a home. You know, uh, having some having people in the house doesn't make a family. That just means a whole lot of people are in the same house. He says, but when you use my wisdom, when you have my skillful and godly wisdom, I'm not when I say wisdom, I'm not talking about the wisdom of the world. I'm talking about the wisdom that comes only from God. And how do you know that wisdom is the most chief, highest above all things? Because God actually asked somebody that question. He asked Solomon, who is the one who's writing Proverbs, who, you know, he gave him a blank check because let me set it up. Solomon had dedicated the temple to God. He had made all these offerings to God, all these sacrifices to God. And then he asked Solomon, he says, Solomon, what would you have me to give to you? He gave him a blank check. He says, Solomon, what would you have me to give to you? And what do you think Solomon said? He says, Lord, you've made me the king over all these people. He says, so this is what I'm going to ask you for in accordance with 1 Kings 3, verse 9. I'm reading out of Amplified. He says this. He says, so give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart to judge your people that I may discern good and bad for who is able to judge and rule this great people. So God had made him the king over, over the nation of Israel. And he's saying this to them. He says, God, he says, if there was one thing I need from you, if there was one thing that I, I cherish and will be most important above all things, he says, I would ask you to give me a wise and understanding heart that I may be able to discern between good and evil for that I may lead so great your people. In other words, God, give me the wisdom. Give me a heart that I may be able to discern between right and wrong, between good and evil, so that I may be able to, to lead or judge and rule so great. God, your people, you give me that which I need in order to, to be a blessing to the people that you are given 
me to leave. And he's seeing the same thing. When the blessing of the Lord comes upon you to empower you, to equip you, to enable you, the blessing is so you can be a blessing to someone else. So it may be in wisdom. It may be in instruction. It may be in talents. It may be in abilities. He says, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you so that you can be a blessing to someone else. How does Solomon find all this out? In time of communion, another word for prayer with God. What was the most important thing he needed? He needed wisdom. Now, when he responded that way, what was God's response to what Solomon said? It said in verse 10, how it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said this in verse 11, he says, he says, and God said to him, said to Solomon, because you have asked this and have not asked for long life or for riches or for the lives of your enemies, but have asked for understanding, for yourself understanding to recognize what is just and right. God said this, behold, I have done as you have asked. I have given you a wise and discerning mind so that you that no one one before you was your equal nor shall arise after you equal to you. He says, because you have asked this thing, because you did not ask for riches, you didn't ask for long life, you didn't ask for the death of your enemy. He says, but, but because you asked for a, a wise and discerning mind that you might have wisdom, a wise and understanding heart so that you may lead so great by people. He says, he says, he goes on to tell him, <coughs> excuse me, he goes on to tell him, if you kept reading it, he goes on to say, because you didn't ask for those things, I'm going to give you those things and more. I'm going to give you those things and more because you did not ask them of me. Now, I'm going to ask you, what do you think can compare to the wisdom of God? What compares to the wisdom of God? I can tell you right now. Absolutely nothing. Blessings. And, and according to Proverbs 3, 13 and 14, out, out of the tra Passion Translator says this, blessings pour over the ones who find wisdom. Blessings pour over the ones who find wisdom for they have obtained life, have obtained living understanding. As wisdom increases, a great treasure is imparted greater than many bars of refined gold. So when you have the wisdom of God, when you have the word of God, when you have the, have the knowledge of God, skillful and godly knowledge, when you have God's wisdom, because see the world thinks knowledge equals wisdom, but it is not. Knowledge can be a, a bunch of information. But it does not, it has not become knowledge because you can have a whole lot of information and have no comprehension or understanding of, of the knowledge that you have. I mean, I know many people who went to university, sat in school for four years, spent over a hundred thousand dollars, graduated with a degree, and is not even operating in the in, in the field to which they went to school for because they have all the information, but they don't have understanding of it. They have no comprehension of it. So they don't know how to put into practice the, the information that they have. God says this in his word, glory to God. He says, but when you get the wisdom of God that comes from God, he 
says, then he says, first you get, you take time, you get the word of God on the inside of you. That means you got to spend time reading the word. When you begin to read the word and you ask God, God, give me comprehensive insight or give me understanding of that which I'm reading. He, if you're, if you're in the body of Christ, guess what's going to happen? Because you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. When you begin to read it, you have the, 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 I call them the GPS or the God positioning system or the CIA, AKA he is the Holy spirit who dwells on the inside of you. And what the Holy spirit does, he teaches you in all things. So when you begin to hear the word, when you begin to read the word, the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to help you to get understanding of what it is you're hearing, understanding of what it is that you're reading. And when you get understanding of what it is you're hearing and what it is you're reading, guess what's going to come with it next? You're going to get what's known as revelation knowledge, which is higher than worldly knowledge. Revelation knowledge is when that word becomes so real to you, it, it, it you have such a picture of what it is that you've heard and what it is you read because you spent time with it, then you are able, you will be able to put into practice that is that you have read or that you heard. That's exactly what Joshua 1 and 8 is all about. He says, he says, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. He says, but you should meditate. Meditate means you are to ponder and read it and, and, and mutter it to yourself over and over again till you get come to the point where you can see or you begin to get comprehensive insight on what it is that you're reading or you're hearing. He says, he says, and then when you be, you're seeing, he says, and he says, and then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How did you make your way prosperous? How did you get good success? You didn't let that word depart out of your, uh, uh, he says, you, you kept that word before your, in your mouth day and night, and you began to meditate on it till you could see, what's, what's the word observe means, till you could see yourself doing what it is that that word says, and then what happened? Then you begin to do it. And then when you begin to do it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So what can compare to the wisdom of God? Absolutely nothing. No amount of money, no amount of gold, no amount of treasure. That's why we're saying the blessing of the Lord is not talking about getting a whole bunch of money in your pocket. It can help you. But if you apply it, it can lead you to end up getting uh, money, but the purpose of the blessing is not to get money to stuff in your pocket. The blessing, the purpose of the blessing is so he's going to cause you to prosper. He's going to empower you, equip you, enable you to prosper so that you can, you will be able to prosper so you can be a blessing to somebody else. And when, when we say prosper, we're not talking about just money. We're talking about not in this case, we're talking about the wisdom of God. We're talking about the knowledge of God's word. He goes on to say this in Proverbs chapter three. He says, you know, what is the value of wisdom? Remember, wisdom is the principal thing, the chief, most important, highest above everything. There's only one. He says in Proverbs chapter four, seven, wisdom is the chief, most important, chief above all things. Proverbs chapter three talking about what? What is the value of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 15 says this. It says, it is more valuable. It is a more valuable commodity than gold and gemstones. For there is nothing you can desire that can compare to it. 
man, how many people do you know who are millionaires and go crazy? They got all that money. Money in is money answers a lot of things, but money doesn't answer everything. But the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God answers every situation and every circumstance. And where do you find out about the wisdom of God when you're spending time in prayer with God? Do you know when you're reading your the Bible, you're communing, you are in communion with God because the Bible is like a love letter to you and you're reading that word. And guess what? When you read that word, that word will begin to read you. When you begin to read the word of God and you begin to pray the word of God. See, a lot of people are praying a whole bunch of, you know, you know, uh, my four no more and God do it by Thursday or, you know, I'm going, you know, if you do this by Thursday, I'll do this. And if you, you can't bargain with God, what God is simply this father, according to your word, this is because you got to understand the Bible is the constitutional grievance of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So God, who is, who is the judge, when it's like if you was uh, if you was a lawyer, a lawyer goes in a case. I know y'all seen this on TV before. A lawyer takes his case, and when he goes in, the prosecutor he goes in. The he what initiated the case was a petition. He goes before the judge with his petition, and he says, "Judge, I petition the court to do X, Y, Z." And when he petitions the court to do X, Y, Z, the judge is going to look at the petition and find out in the law in the constitution or in the law where he has the the prosecutor or the attorney has a right to make that petition when he makes that petition and everything as long as it doesn't violate the law the judge will accept his petition now what what is what are you doing when you're going in prayer you're take you you have spent time in the word meditating the word of god to the point where you find a place it like if you were talking about healing Father, in accordance with Isaiah 53 and 5, the, the, the Constitution says that by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Now, I petition the court of heaven through my prayer and said, Father, I petition the court and I believe that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. The judge will look at it, see that it lines up with the laws, lines up with his Constitution, and he will stamp and he says, yep, exactly. It lines up with the word. He says, it is granted unto you. See, many people, when they go into prayer, they're going in prayer not knowing how to approach God. They're praying to everybody else but God. I'm, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of Jesus. I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, He says, He says, pray to the Father in His name. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. It didn't say you pray to Jesus, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. It didn't say you even pray to the Holy Spirit. You can ask the Holy Spirit a question, but you're not praying to the Holy Spirit. You're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you're going to open your Bible from this day forward. You're going to open up your Bible, which is your constitution. And you're going to say, in accordance to Philippians 4.19, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I petition the court for that. And but you got to understand, God, remember, it's a communion. It's a two way conversation. You will say that to God, but God may come back and say to you, OK, it's granted. Now, I need you to stop eating out five times a week because you're 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 wasting your resources. You would have much more money if you stop eating out five times a week. Where are you going to? You're going to say, well, where did he get that at? 
and, and, and he'll show you in the Constitution, AK is word, because that's where he's going to bring the godly wisdom from. Are y'all seeing this? You're not going to be able to have a successful prayer life. You're not going to be able to operate according to the wisdom of God, which is the chief, most important, highest above all things, without spending time in God's word. Let me share this with you. There's benefits. There's benefits that come with the wisdom of God. And according to Proverbs chapter 3, 16, it talks about this. And according to the Passion Translation, it says, wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Out of her mouth flows righteousness. Her words release both law and and mercy. So when you're operating according to the wisdom of God, when you're operating because uh, the wisdom of God, from the wisdom of God, you're, the word of God is going to come forth. And when the word of God is there, it's going to bring up to you knowledge. It's going to bring to you comprehension, understanding. It will give you wisdom, a revelation for you to apply that word to your life. And when you apply that word to your life, what's going to happen? You're going to receive what it is that the word says. Remember, prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. If you, when you pray from this day forward, open your Bible. Okay, do something else. Open your eyes. Cut your phone off. Cut the TV off. Put your phone in another room so you're not being distracted. And then when you begin to pray, you're, we're going to talk about in a week, I believe it's next week or the week after, we're going to talk about the model prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It's not the Lord's prayer. It's a model's prayer. In fact, I'm going to give you three points, and this is where we're going to stop. First point in, in, in praying, now that we're talking about the wisdom of God is the chief most important thing because God's people have been destroyed because of their lack of knowledge. And the knowledge, when he says, when you, when you, in order for you to get wisdom, you got to get the knowledge because without the knowledge, what are you going to draw from? You get knowledge from the word of God. And then you ask God for comprehensive insight into his word. And then you, then when you get comprehensive insight into his word, because you spent some time with it, then guess what's going to come next? You're going to get revelation, which is going to be the wisdom to show you how to apply that word to your everyday life. But just like it said in Joshua chapter one, that you're going to have to meditate on that word. You're going to have to spend time with that word. It says that it also, if you go to, to, uh, I believe it is in Psalms chapter one, it says, uh, blessed, uh, uh, those, those who meditate in the word day and night, he says, they should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and whatsoever they do shall prosper. But what did, they, what did they have to do? They had to meditate in the word day and night first. And when they begin to meditate in the word day and night, guess what they got? Comprehensive insight. And when they begin to get comprehensive insight, they begin to apply what it is that they, under, what, the, what the revelation that came from their time spending in the word. And when they got that comprehensive insight and they began to do it, then the wisdom that they operated in was far above the wisdom of the world. But God says, this, this, these are the three things I want you to remember when you go into prayer this week. Number one, be sincere. Be sincere. He says this in, in Matthew chapter six, verse five, this is Jesus talking to his disciples according to the Passion Translator, and he says this. He says, whenever you pray, 
Be sincere and don't be like a pretender who love the attention they receive while praying before others in meetings and on the streets. He says, believe me, they already received their reward. What was the reward for all those prayers and everything that draw attention to themselves? Was the attention that they got? Did that mean that they received what it is they asked for? Absolutely not. Why? Because they weren't sincere. They weren't sincere in what it is that they were saying. Number two, we already mentioned this, pray to the Father. Pray to the Father. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your Father, who sees all you do, will reward you openly. So who are you praying to when you're praying? You're praying to the Father. What are you praying to the Father in? In Jesus' name. What are you going to take to the Father? You're going to take your petition, which you found in his word that covers the situation that you're praying concerning. If it's a family member, you take the word. If it's your own, if it's you, you take his word. Why? Because in his word, you will get knowledge. Out of that knowledge comes comprehension and understanding. Out of that comprehensive understanding, you get revelation knowledge. That revelation knowledge, it, it, become, it becomes wisdom. Now you know how to do what it is that you read. But it started with you getting the word first. And number three, don't talk just to be heard when you pray. He says this in, in Mark, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 6. He says, but whenever you pray, uh, as you were, it says, when you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like the Gentiles do, for they pray to for they pray, they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them. He says, since your father already knows what you have need of before you even ask them. So when you're going to God and you're praying, one, be sincere. Two, pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And three, don't just be praying. Don't just be saying stuff just for the sake of saying. Go to God sincerely. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I just, I, I, I will share this with you. Sometimes I go to God, I say, God, I'm just coming to you. I'm not asking you for anything. I just want to spend time with you today. Or sometimes when I go to God and I'm praying for you all, when I'm praying for you all, I have scriptures that I pray over you. Ephesians chapter one, uh, verses uh, 16 through 21. Ephesians chapter three, 14 through 21. I pray uh, uh, Colossians chapter one, verses nine to 13. I pray that over the body of Christ. I, I pray that over our members, uh, our partners each day. Why? Because, and I pray Psalms 91 over you each and every day. And I open my Bible when I do it. And I'm reading even though I can meditate, I'm reading and I'm say, I'm finding in the Constitution and I'm going to the high courts of heaven and says, King, judge, according to this scripture, this is what I'm praying concerning the body of Christ. This is what I'm praying concerning our partners. This is what I'm praying over pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists and teachers. This is what I'm praying over our nation and over our government. What does it do? Because I'm taking his word to him. Guess what he says his word won't do? It says in, in Isaiah 55 that his word will not return to him void, 
but it must accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the things to you where you ascended. But if you don't have knowledge about prayer, if you don't understand that godly wisdom is the chief, most important thing, that you will continue trying praying the way that you are right now, and you'll be frustrated because you're walking, you're walking now no better than you walked in, and you're walking out with the same cares that you walked in with. And he says, I want to make the great exchange with you today. Will you take God up on that today? Will you make the exchange with him today? Will you take time to go back and listen to this message again? Or watch this message again? Or, or listen to it on the podcast over and over until you do what? Till you begin to meditate and understand what it is the Father was saying to you today. I know by the Spirit of God that he spoke words to each of you individually if you have spiritual ears to hear God speak a word to me and he will. God needs you to understand his wisdom far exceeds the world's wisdom and his wisdom is found in his word. And, and when you go to him in prayer, communing with him, saying, Father, I seek your wisdom, he's going to show you this is where you need to go in my word. And when you go in my word and when you begin to read it and meditate on it to the point you get comprehensive insight or understanding of it, he says, then I will speak a rhema word, uh, uh, a word of revelation knowledge to you. So it will show you how you are to take what you read and apply it to your everyday life and cause you to live high at a higher level than those who you, who you are living with, those who you work with, those who in your city, your province, your nation, not to boast you up that when they see the, the, the how the blessing is upon your life that's causing you to prosper, that's causing you to increase, that's causing you to grow, then they're going to want to ask you, where did you get that information from? Where did you get that knowledge from? And then you can point them back to the Father. That's what it's all about glorifying the father. Do y'all see that? It's that simple. Man, if you never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, but you like to, or you know you have, but man, you know you ain't been living right. It's as simple as making a, a rededication of your life today. You know what? You can let this be your day one. And in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is near us in our heart and in our mouth. That's the word of God that we preach, the word of faith that we preach, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. It says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus the head over your life. What does that mean? Remember, all this started off with his disciples. His disciples are his followers, his disciplined ones, those who have submitted themselves to his leading and his teachings, to, to not only hear it, but be doers of what it is that the word says. If you want to become a disciple of Jesus today by making him the Lord of your life, pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth and mean it out of your heart. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but now he's risen 
He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I accept your offer of forgiveness. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Right now, I'm according to the word, I'm born again. I'm now in right relationship. I'm now in right position. And I'm now a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back in the right position, welcome you back in relationship with God. Now, what do you do, man? You got to get in a mortar-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place, so we'd love to have you come join us here each week at 6 p.m. Uh, American uh, Atlantic daytime, Daylight Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we, and you can uh, join us as we go along teaching practical messages to teach you how to be a doer and not a hearer of the word only. Also, you can catch our podcast, Ignite to Life. Again, that number is Ignite to Life podcast, where you can hear this message and many more messages. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juin, the entire night nation, want to thank you for joining us today. And remember this. Wisdom is the the chief thing, most important thing. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.